Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Nathan Stacking with you here, and it's Dakota Marker Week, folks. Yes, the Jackrabbits and the Bison set to do battle in Brookings, 2 p.m. kickoff time, Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium. Who is going to get the Dakota Marker this year? Last year, the the Jackrabbits went up to Fargo and stunned the Bison with a 19-17 win. Should have been much more than that, but a lot of uh, uh, missed opportunities in the red zone early on in the game kind of kept the Bison in. And who, who, I mean, the Jackrabbits' red zone struggles. Who are they? The Detroit Lions? Anyway, I kid, I kid. Uh, but before we get to more in that game, and we have a big show. We got Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader who will be joining us. Uh, Joe Curlin, Bison Illustrated, with a look from the Bison's uh, the, the the perspective of NDSU headed into this matchup. So it it incredibly big game. It always is. So uh, we're looking forward to it. But last week the Jackrabbits, hey, they played I believe their most complete game of the year in beating Western Illinois in Macomb, fifty two to twenty four. Uh, offensively they were just great. Uh, when or uh, Jake Weinke. Eight catches, 97 yards, three touchdowns. Dallas Goddard, eight receptions, 113 yards. Taron Christian had one bad interception, but, I mean, he was stellar throughout the game after that. I mean, he, he recovered very nicely from that interception. I thought the defense played overall pretty well. And it really, it, yeah, they gave up a few yards through the air, uh, or on the ground, excuse me. Steve McShane had 90 yards rushing for Western Illinois, but... Uh, overall, this was uh, quite the game by the Jackrabbits. Uh, two to one uh, in terms of first downs, thirty-one to sixteen in favor of SDSU. They had uh, over sixty yards more rushing, uh, over two hundred yards more through the air. Uh, Taron Christian had five touchdown passes. He was just incredible. And overall, it's a two to one, uh, oh, more than a two to one ratio terms of yards so that was huge for the jacks they forced a couple of turnovers and really the defense played solid third down conversion seven of 11 this this was a like i say the best that the jackrabbits have looked all year in terms of that complete game and that's what they're going to need and then some against north dakota state now i i do think that this is exactly what they needed to say hey we're finally putting it together now they need to do it again uh, and then some as the Bison come in. The Bison have one of the best defenses in the country. That, that I think the best, actually, in the FCS. And this defense is as good as you know some of their national championship teams. I mean, it, it's outstanding what they're doing. Now, and the Bison are going to have their hands full with Taron Christian and, and Winneke and Goddard. But you just look at this here the the way and you know Brady Mangarelli is really rushing the ball a lot better here now he had 12 carries 70 yards split evenly with Mikey Daniel who had 66 yards on 12 carries and a touchdown Darren Christian added you know 37 yards on eight carries and a touchdown uh but again he had the five touchdowns and the uh, one bad interception but I mean, Marquise Lewis he's turning into a a kind of a, a big time guy here with two catches 76 yards and two touchdowns but really I thought the Jackrabbits played incredibly well this is a western illinois team who is who's very good 
throughout the year. You know, they had a tough loss against the Bison last week or the week before, and then coming, you know, playing at home. Last time SDSU was there, they had a lead and a, a costly fumble kind of kept Western Illinois in it. They won that game, and ultimately, that was the difference between the Jacks maybe playing a home game in the playoffs and them being on the road. I think they had to play Montana State, uh, Montana or Montana State, and then they ultimately lost. But again, what a what a big game, a good win for the Jacks. It started out, hey, it was 17-17 with five minutes left in the second quarter, and then the Jackrabbits said, okay, here we go, rattling off 28 straight points. Um yeah, I mean, there, it was just a very impressive performance from the Jackrabbits. It was nice to see Wenicky get back in it here. He has been a little um, slow, but uh, you know, he's been hampered by injuries a little bit, and you know, teams are looking to cover him. And he just hasn't put up the, the dominant stats as he has in previous years. But uh, this was this was very good for him, and... Honestly, this was just a, a big win for the Jacks. But now, put that aside because the Dakota Marker Week is always a big week here. They want to keep the Dakota Marker in Brookings, and it's not going to be easy. However, big news on the injury front for the Bison: Lance Dunn, one of the uh, the Bison's outstanding running backs, leads FCS with 12 rushing touchdowns. Out for the um, at least out four to six weeks. With a with I believe a hip injury. Either way, oh, I think it was like a, a labrum in his hip. That's what they are officially saying. Now they still have was it Bruce Anderson, Bryce Anderson back in the backfield, so that's very good. Um, he's a good back, but this this does hurt the Bison and for the Jackrabbits. I think it's paramount that their defense set the tone in the well strike that offense obviously needs to set the tone. They need to go down there and score and say hey. You're going to have to put up points, NDSU, because we're going to score. But for the defense, got to get off the field. That was a major problem in the playoffs last year when these two teams met. Uh, just long drives, a lot of third and longs that the Jackrabbits gave up, that the Bison give them credit. They converted on. Uh, but that's that's a real big key. Can the Jackrabbit defense kind of hold up? I mean, the Easton stick has not been very good for the, the Bison, at least lately, at quarterback. But they still have Erzendowski, a good wide receiver. Uh, and, uh, but it's it's the running game. So the defensive line, the linebacks, front seven is really going to have to play well. Entire team's going to have to play well. Rushing-wise for SDSU, Brady Mangarelli, he's going to have to rush the ball well. Mikey Daniel. There are a lot of weapons for SDSU. And it's going to be a fascinating game to watch. Now, the Jackrabbits have put that one really complete game together. Can they do it two weeks in a row? Can they do it three? That is going to be the interesting thing here. Because after this after this week, they do finish with a, um, you know, next week at home against Illinois State and then are at Vermillion. Uh, the USD has some um, off-the-field issues, but they still have Chris Strebler, very good quarterback. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But this is a huge three-week stretch for the Jacks. Uh, you know, Goddard, last last year, Christian used his legs, and the Bison really weren't prepared. That was in the first meeting. That's when the, the Jackrabbits won the, the Dakota marker, brought it back to Brookings. 
But Goddard appears to be a huge mismatch for them, or was last year anyway. We'll see if that's the case again this year. Uh, offensive line against the the uh, the defensive line of the Bison. You know, the Bison have like what Alex Tangay. I mean, he's he's a great defensive lineman. How are the how is the Jackrabbits offensive line going to handle that? And it's going to be a raucous crowd there at Dana J. Dykow Stadium. It's a sellout. And you know the Bison faithful are going to come strong. I would anticipate not quite half full of Bison fans, but it's going to be damn close. Uh, so hopefully Jackrabbits fans would make a lot of noise, make life difficult, and shut the Bison fans up. But honestly, I'm a little skeptical about it just because we haven't seen apart from this last week where the Jackrabbits have played to their their best of abilities and this this Bison team is tough man they are tough get to see it first and foremost every week being up here in Fargo get to you know not watching the games but or not all of them not even most of them not not any of them part you know here and there but it doesn't. You don't need to watch them to just know. You can see the highlights. You see how physical they are. This is a very good team, a very good team. The Jackrabbits are going to have their work cut out for them. So big show though uh, coming up here. Coming up next, we'll have Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader on to preview this week's uh, the Dakota Marker game more. Joe Curlin buys an Illustrated. Following that, and as always, SDSU sports update. Look at what's going on the world and on campus in SDSU sports. But big week, Dakota Marker week here. Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Pleased to be joined by Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Matt, how are we doing? Not too bad, Nate. How are you? Very good, thank you. It is Dakota Marker week. Uh, but first, uh, before we get to that game, uh, SDSU with a big 52-24 win over Western Illinois last week in Macomb, Illinois. And I thought this was probably their most complete game that they've played all year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's uh, the, really the first game all year where I think they could walk away uh, feeling like everybody played pretty well. Like there were really no negatives. I mean, they you know gave them a couple big plays. Taryn threw a costly interception. Uh, but some of those things almost added to the the positivity, I think, because it, it gave him a, an excuse to have something to, to bounce back from, you know, because John Stiegelmeyer had talked so much about them not being able to respond to adversity and things like that, and they did that in this game. You know, they Taron threw a bad interception and recovered and played played almost perfect from there. You know, the defense gave up a couple of big plays early, but then bounced back and played almost perfect in the second half. So I think, you know, the week before against Missouri State was obviously a comfortable win, but it wasn't quite the same caliber of opponent so you didn't know mm-hmm. how how much to, to to glean from it now this is on the road against the top 15 team uh so certainly the biggest one of the year for the jacks and how important was it for them to get a game like this especially before the brutal stretch of the schedule here playing north dakota state and usd and illinois state but especially with the dakota marker on the line this week how important was it to have that sort of game last week headed into this week well, it was super important for on, on a couple of different levels. For one, they needed it just for their resume. Mm-hmm. They did. They didn't have a good win yet. You know, you look at their their resume, and all their wins were against you, you know teams that aren't ranked. That was their first win against a ranked team last year. How many wins did they have against ranked teams? Like four or five. Yeah. Uh, so they needed to have a quality win uh, to start building their playoff resume. But then, more to the point that you're making, absolutely. I, I you know I think if they 
you know, obviously after that loss to UNI, they're kind of at a crossroads. And I think everyone knew they were going to beat Missouri State. Uh, but let's say they only beat Missouri State by four, you know, and then they go to Western Illinois and, and lose or, or only win by a touchdown or something. They're going into this game this week against North Dakota State. I, you know, despite what they would probably say, I'd have a hard time believing they'd have a lot of confidence they could win that game, you know, or or, or uh, Illinois State, USD down the stretch there. It really wouldn't bode well uh, for their playoff hopes. Now, for the first time all season, uh, they kind of finally look like the team that they looked like through most of last year. We're seeing that explosiveness on offense. Uh, they're getting a little bit of that edge back on defense. Uh, so the timing couldn't have been better. As we head into this week then, Dakota Marker on the line, 2 p.m. kickoff there at Dana, J. Dana J. Dykow Stadium in Brookings. Uh, North Dakota State obviously undefeated. They have a very good defense this year. This is probably the best defense they've had in several years. But they have dealt with their fair share of injuries, and the injury to Lance Dunn is somewhat significant. He does lead FCS, I believe, with 12 rushing touchdowns here. Um, how is SDSU... Is SDSU preparing any differently for NDSU than they have any other year, or is it just same old, same old? Well, I know in previous years, they had often kind of openly talked about, hey, this is a big game, let's get jacked up for this, you know, it's the Dakota marker, all that kind of stuff, and they kept losing year after year after year. Uh, and last year before the first meeting uh, in Fargo, uh, Zach Lujan came to the coaches and said, hey, we need to stop doing that. We're getting in our own heads. We're making too big a deal out of this. We're putting these guys on a pedestal. We need to go into this week treating it like just another game, uh, you know, and, and kind of dial it down a little bit. And so the coaches kind of said, well, okay, that's what they did, and they won. And as you all remember, they should have won that game by 25 points, yes. you know. I mean, they, yep. they basically dominated the game in everything but the scoreboard. They just kept, kept screwing up in the red zone. Uh, yep. So I think – they learned a lot about themselves, I think, in that particular instance. So that's definitely the approach they're going to take again this week. They, uh, I mean, they, they're not stupid. They know this is a huge game. They know it's going to be uh, the first sellout at Dana J. Dykow Stadium, all those sorts of things. Uh, but I think they're going to do the best to try and approach them the same way they approached Western Illinois last week. I mentioned the injury to Lance Dunn. I believe they still have a good running back like Bryce Anderson or uh, Bruce Anderson back there. So um, that's going to be – I mean, North Dakota State has great running backs here. So what is the what is the biggest key that the defense is saying in order to, I, I don't know, kind of prevent what happened at Youngstown State with, you know, with yeah. when Youngstown State, you know, chewed up, you know, over three quarters of the, uh, of, you know, game clock – there, how does SDSU prevent that from happening against a team that runs the ball as well as North Dakota State? Well, I mean, obviously, and, and Chris Kleiman referred to this this week, the playoff win the Bison had last year, the 36-10 game, mm -hmm. where they had the ball for 41 minutes or something, that pretty clearly uh, established a blueprint for how you beat the Jacks. Uh, it's exactly the blueprint that Youngstown State used, and to some degree it's the same uh, strategy that Northern Iowa used. They just had the help of a bunch of special teams mistakes by the Jacks. But right. so that there isn't a really much of a secret, I don't think, of, of what NDSU is going to try to do here. Um, you mentioned it. You know, their, their running game is as good as it is. And and honestly, Nate, I think as good as their offensive line is, I think you or I could be back there and average four yards to carry. <laughs> uh, I, I really don't think. I mean, Lance Dunn's a great player, but I don't think him being out suddenly means that the Bison have to throw it 40 times. No. You know, I mean, they're they're just that physical of a football team. I think they're going to be fine there. 
the key for the Jacks, obviously, is going to be getting off the field because they just couldn't do that in that last meeting uh, in the playoff. It was like 10 for 13, 11 for 13, something like that. I mean, you remember how many yes. third, oh. third and 12s, third and 16s, third, third and 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they had that one 20-play drive that took up the entire second quarter. And, yep. You know, even though it was still a close game at the time of that drive, I felt like that was really where the game ended because it just demoralized the Jacks so much with them kind of saying, hey, you can't stop us. Right. And uh, they, and then they just dominated the second half. So the big key for them, run past whatever it is, they can't let NDSU can continually convert third downs like they did the last time. Jake uh, Wenneke had eight catches, 97 yards, three touchdowns against Western Illinois. Goddard had eight catches for over 100 yards, I believe 113 to be exact here. So they seem like they're in a good spot right now. Health-wise, are they fine? And I would assume that that's how SDSU is going to try and attack uh, North Dakota State again is is using them. And Goddard was such a big mismatch last year against uh, North Dakota State, from what I can recall, especially the first game here. So I imagine they're going to try and use the same blueprint to take down the Bison's defense. Well, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious myself because, you know, in the first meeting last year, they broke out uh, Taryn Christian in a way that we hadn't yes. seen. You know, it was clear that they'd kind of been saving that package for that game. Yep. And NDSU obviously wasn't prepared for it because uh, they just kept gouging them with it over and over and over again. Uh, the second time, they were more prepared for it. So, um, you know, obviously there's there's no secret that the Jacks want to get the ball to Jake Dallas because those are the two best players. Uh, but I think also sometimes this year they've maybe hurt themselves by being a little too, and I don't want to say obvious about it, but every, everyone knows what they're going to try to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think the success they've had running the ball the last couple of weeks, I mean, Brady Mangarelli's having the best year of his career. Uh, and Mikey Daniel obviously has given them a, a new dimension as a power back that they didn't really have before. So I'm kind of curious to see if maybe they try to establish the run uh, to, to, to open things up for the pass a little bit, or if they try to go back to, to Taryn's uh, read option attack, or, or if they just come up with something else entirely that we haven't seen yet because obviously that's what they did last year and and Chris Kleiman even said he said you know I'm I'm kind of anticipating that they're going to give us something we haven't seen before so um to answer your question sure they're going to try to get the ball Jake and Dallas those are the yeah. best players but uh I, I would kind of expect that we're maybe going to see some sort of wrinkle uh that that we haven't seen yet this season weather is I think a huge importance to this game uh because as we saw on Hobo Day there in the rain and the wind you know, if the Jacks fall behind early, you know, that with their style of offense, it's very difficult to come back from this. So the weather seems to be doing decent right now. Uh, I think I saw mid to upper 40s, wind about 10 to 15 miles an hour. So the weather conditions should be pretty good for the Jackrabbits for this game. Well, yeah, I think as, as, as long as it holds, the cold isn't going to be too much of a, an issue. Uh, but like you mentioned, uh, wind, rain, Obviously, in that UNI game, it was a factor. I think as long as the wind stays 15 miles an hour or under and there's no rain or, or snow flurries, I don't think it'll be a factor. But, you know, as much as the, the Jacks are the home team and the Bison are the, the team that plays their home games indoors, mm-hmm. uh, a crappy weather day would favor North Coast State. Yes, so, yes, so no the doubt. Jacks certainly, uh, certainly don't want that to become a, a problem. Uh, at the end of the day here, uh, you know, 7 p.m., let's say, on Saturday, where's that Dakota marker? Uh, where will it be? Will it be on a bus headed back up north I-29 to Fargo, or is it going to be remaining in Brookings for another year? I'll be surprised if it's been heading back to Fargo. I just think uh, when you look at the matchups, 
let's say that SDSU's offense against NDSU's defense is a wash, you know, strength versus strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I still think NDSU's offense then is better than SDSU's defense. So that to me is kind of the difference maker there. I think I think NDSU's just a little bit more of a, a stronger team overall, uh, and, and certainly so far this year they've been a better team. I mean, yep. They're eight zero. They they beat the two teams that beat the Jacks. So my prediction is that it'll be going back to Fargo. But you know what? That was my prediction last year too, and I was wrong. <laughs> It's going to be a fascinating game to to see what happens in a, a big week coming up next week with USD. Uh, it is USD next week, right? Yeah, and then Illinois no, State. No, 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 no. Il- it's, uh, Illinois, it's Illinois State, State, then USD. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my apologies there. So, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating week. We'll see what happens. Uh, appreciate the time, as always, Matt, and uh, uh, have fun at the game on Saturday, and uh, we'll chat soon. Thanks, Nate. See you. Matt Zimmer, Argus leader, kind enough to join us here. Uh, appreciate his time and perspective. As always, great stuff there, great insight. He thinks that the Dakota marker will be going back up to Fargo. It's hard to argue with that um, with that belief, especially with the way North Dakota State looks this year, overcoming a lot of those injuries. And uh, big running game, SDSU, the Youngstown State, they dominated in that game. And with North Dakota State's rushing attack, I, you know, SDSU's defensive line, to me, ultimate key in this one here to see if they can prevail. Uh, We'll get some Bison perspective, though, next. Joe Curlin, Bison Illustrated, will uh, stop by the Sports Block SDSU podcast with his thoughts on the game and uh, just seeing what NDSU has done this season and what we can expect on Saturday. That's coming up here next on the Sports Block podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition continuing here on the sports block podcast sdsu jackrabbit edition pleased to be joined by joe curlin of bison illustrated with a look uh from the bison's perspective of the dakota marker game this upcoming saturday here joe how are you doing i'm doing well thank you for having me back on today oh absolutely it's been a long time no talk here i think last time we talked we were previewing the season and uh thinking they don't Maybe like SDSU would only have one loss coming into this. We thought maybe NDSU would have one loss, and here we stand: the Bison undefeated, and the Jackrabbits maybe being a little Jekyll and Hyde rabbits. But uh, it's always a big week when uh, the Dakota marker is on the line. Hey, I know I've had this uh, this date, November fourth, uh, circled for a long time before the season starts. So I was hoping, you know, both the records would be clean for this weekend, but you know. A slip up here, a slip up there. Uh, it didn't work out that way, but hey, that doesn't. Uh, it's not going to affect how important this game is going to be on Saturday for uh, for both programs. That's for sure. Absolutely, and what's what's incredibly interesting about how this not only this week is going to go, but the last three weeks of the season, really. You know, the round robin that uh, everyone's playing. You know, uh, you know, NDSU and U and SDSU both have to play USD and Illinois State. Uh, to or at least USD, excuse me. Um, to I think NDSU closes with Illinois State, right? Yeah, Illinois State's gonna be the last game. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yep. So it's it's weird how that you know they're playing the, you know the same few teams here down the stretch, which is going to make for a very fascinating end to the Missouri Valley Conference. Before we get really into uh, the Dakota Marker game, what has surprised you the most about this season? Uh, I think it, it has to be uh, Chris Traveler and the uh, University of South Dakota, uh, the way that they have really just shocked, I think, a lot of people. Um, I know we were both high on him as a quarterback coming into the season, but he's really just taken the team and lifted them up to levels that 
Uh, I don't think a lot of fans have seen from the Yotes, you know, since mm-hmm. their, you know, since the 1980s almost. Um, so just the way that program's been able to get up to speed and be in that upper echelon uh, among the, the, the better teams historically uh, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference has been uh, has been the biggest surprise. But then, you know, of course, you know, I can't mention South Dakota without mentioning the horrific uh, alleged, you know, incidents that happened there a couple weeks ago and, and the suspension of a few of their players. So, uh, just thinking of the football field, though, we'll see how that affects uh, their, their defense for sure going forward. I know a couple of those guys are pretty good players uh, on the defense side of the ball, so we'll see uh, how Strebler's doing. I know he got hurt la- uh, last week and uh, kind of missed the rest of the game, but that might have been more precautionary than uh, than anything. Um, so I know we'll, Bison fans will get uh, up close look at the Coyotes uh, here next week, uh, or after, yeah, ne- yeah next week yep. here at home uh, in the Fargo Dome for the Harvest Bowl. So, uh, so that 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 still be a fun matchup to look at. But yeah, definitely the Oats uh, taking care of business. And I think the other surprise on the other side of that has just been Youngstown State. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they seem to be the appear the they appear to be that a program that's the, you know the odd man out, uh, if you will. You know that they they ran they run the gauntlet just like everyone else, but break here, break there. You know, m- the majority of them has been going against them. Um, like the last second field goal against North Dakota State, almost or the overtime field goal yep. by North Dakota State to beat them out in Youngstown. It almost seemed like an early dagger uh, to their season. They just haven't been able to recover. So that's definitely surprising when you have uh, the FCS runner-up from last year. Uh, it appears that they won't even be in the playoff field. Right, yeah, and you, and you mentioned it. That loss to North Dakota State, I think, really uh, snowballed effect their, the, the season that they've had since then, losing all these games. Uh, but it is what it is. We're looking into this week now with NDSU undefeated, SDSU 5-2, and two. Uh, NDSU has dealt with their fair share of injuries, and before we get to the most significant one, at least, the, or the more the most recent one here, uh, I'd love to get your perspective as just to how NDSU has dealt with all of these injuries on the defensive side, on the offensive side, and how you think that's actually made them. I don't know if, if better is the right word, but it certainly helped get some other guys some more valuable playing time. Yeah, you know, this program, they always, you know, they're always recruiting, like, a guy that, you know, they can see, you know, come jump in and play, possibly, as a true freshman. And obviously, that's not ideal, and they don't want to do that. But, you know, that's kind of the situation that they found themselves over the past few years, uh, with, you know, a minor setback here and there. Uh, this year, it just kind of seemed like it all happened at once in the beginning of the year. I know, I think the last time we talked, Craig Menard was hurt. Yep. Uh, had had that torn ACL, the, the All-American defensive end. Um, so he's been out all year, which is really given opportunities to guys like Caleb Butler, Stanley Jones, uh, Derek Tuska, the younger brother of uh, Jared Tuska, who's the senior, uh, number 91, Jared, uh, Derek Tuska, excuse me, has just been, he's been having really a breakout season, you know, along with uh, like a Logan McCormick who's out there playing a lot. You know, it's a younger guy, uh, been able to get reps, but they've still been able to bring some, some heavy pressure off the edge on the defensive line. And then with Nick DeLuca, Nick Luca's uh, meniscus injury after the after uh, was it the first week I believe. Yep. Um, I got my data. It, it seems like so long ago. Right. I, I'll tell you that there's been so much that's happened that it seems like so long ago. Uh, he gets banged up after the first game, and you know, in step uh, like a Levi Jordan, you know, a Dan Marlette, who ironically is out with an injury for the rest of the season, torn ACL. He got uh, banged up on a kickoff coverage, uh, I believe it was um, going down there making a tackle. Just kind of his knee gave out. Um, so he's out for the rest of the year. But Deluca's is back. Um, Deluca has been back. And last week, I will say against Northern Iowa, Deluca probably had his best game in a couple of years in an NDSU uniform, probably since uh, 
Oh, since that Eastern Washington game, Charleston Southern game from last year early in the season, he just looked like he was 100% uh, totally recovered from that minor surgery that he did have in September. Um, I believe it was after the Eastern Washington game. So he looks like he's back and just really bringing it full force. And, and that's going to be something really exciting. But I think just football fans in general, uh, especially with this matchup against the talent that SDSU has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those, those have kind of been the big injuries on defensive end. I mean, it feels like I can just keep going. You know, right. Lance Dunn, the, the running back, who's, what, 12 rushing touchdowns, was on pace to, I think, at least tie the all-time single-season rushing touchdown record in North Dakota State. He, uh, he tore labrum in his hip, so he's going to be – you know, they're not saying for the rest of the year, but with that type of injury and the surgery that he needs, it's really, I doubt he'll be back even if the team does make it to Frisco. So um, it's been it's been definitely an interesting season in terms of the injury report. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it too, because uh, I was just going to bring that up. What is the injury to Dunn? It is a significant injury. He leads FCS with 12 rushing touchdowns so far this year. Uh, I mean, he is the head monster in that vaunted rushing attack that North Dakota State has. So, what? I guess North Dakota State always has guys who can replace him, and, and Dunn is by far not the only weapon that they have in the backfield to rush the football. But I guess how does this change uh, their their mindset or their process, their game planning at all, going down to face the Jackrabbits? If it does, right? Any. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Does it really any change? Does it really change anything? Um, I know last last week uh, we saw. You know, Lance wasn't playing against Northern Iowa, and Bruce Bruce Anderson had tw- I think it was twenty some carries. Uh, I don't have the number exactly in front of me, but and that's the thing. Bruce Bruce has actually been leading this team in rushing attempts. Bruce Anderson, the, the I guess number two to Lance Dunn, he's he's uh, number eight on the field for fans out there. But uh, he, you know, he was that freshman season, two thousand fifteen. He had those two kickoff returns for a touchdown during the playoff run, and, and he's really developed into you know kind of that power back that NDSU seems to have. Uh, year after year, so and and like I said, he yeah. But even before Lance went down with his uh, his hip injury, Bruce was leading the team in rushing attempts. So this isn't like a new role for him at all. It's just kind of something where you know you, you you're going to ask him to maybe do some things that Lance was better at, mm-hmm. like possibly catch the ball out of the backfield, or maybe just being in there more for passing situations in general. I mean, I, I, he's definitely not going to be on any special teams units. Like, he, you, you know, he seems sprinkled in on a taper turn here and there when he was just kind of that second option behind behind Dunn. But uh, so, so I know Bruce Anderson, he's been ready, too, to take on this blow. You know, he's the same age as Lance. And actually, I think he's a year younger. He's in red shirt. Um, but he's a junior running back. He's been around the program, really solid. Then we have Ty Brooks. He's this red shirt sophomore from Fargo South. Um, he actually missed some time earlier uh, this season with, a, I believe, it was a hamstring injury. And he also had, like, a banged-up ankle. So he's been hurt, but he was back 100% last week. It appeared, I think he had a couple touchdowns, had a really nice 30-yard uh, touchdown run that was blocked really well. But he looked really explosive coming around the edge. So that's something, too, that uh, Bison fans are staying optimistic with this rushing rushing attack. And it all, you know, it begins and ends with the offensive line anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you have the offensive line doing their job, you know, you'd think that anyone can really run. And, and, and you've seen that, too, with, you know, Easton Stick. And yeah. I don't know, that's a whole other conversation. I don't know if you <laughs> want to get into that. Okay. <laughs> all right. We, we won't. I was going to ask him, and he, he struggled last week against Northern Iowa. And I think one of the factors in for this weekend is the weather. And right now, the weather looks dry. Doesn't look like the wind is going to be too much of a factor. Right now, winds are 
coming out of the southwest at thir- or southeast, excuse me, at 13 miles an hour. That's what they're projecting for game time now. Inevitably, things can change, but SDSU they need almost perfect conditions uh, because of their the how they run their offense. I mean, you know, Christian throwing the the ball down the field to Wenicke and Goddard, and he's been off with his deep ball a lot this year. Uh, but last year, he, he it was his legs that really I think gave the Bison a lot of trouble. Because uh, what did he run for like over 120 yards or something like that in that uh, win up in Fargo? So what what are the Bison doing? How are they preparing for Taron Christian in this SDSU offense? You know that's a good question. Uh, Matt Ens has got Matt Ens defense coordinator for North Dakota State's got his uh, his hands full. I'm sure he'll take a look at you know what they did against the playoffs to kind of bottle them up. But you know, guess what? South Dakota State's doing the same exact thing. How did they stop us? In the playoffs last year, uh, during the you know during part number two of mm-hmm. that series last year, um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how Madden approaches the the pass rush because that's something that's been really consistent with his size and defense this year. Whether that's been just with the front four getting pressure or they're just sending stunts and blitzes, and they really showed like it, the last two games have really been you know kind of you know have, have embodied that, those two styles. Uh, where against Western Illinois, you know they were getting pressure all day on Sean McGuire by just mm-hmm. rushing and getting off the edge, and they were just roasting the leather neck tackle. So they were able to get to him multiple times and move him around. And McGuire, he's not as mobile as Christian, but he's a guy that can still sort of move. Um, but last week, you have a guy who's even more immobile than, uh, than McGuire and, yep. and Dunn out of uh, northern Iowa. Yep. And Entz and just blitzed the absolute crap out of him. I think they did a multiple double-A gap blitzes. Uh, with DeLuca and the other linebackers. They were bringing down people from the secondary. Jalen Allison, the cornerback, got a hit on Dunn. Um, so they, he, they're really just firing a bunch of bullets at him. And we'll see what the NDSU does. Um, and I, my memory right now, I, I believe they did kind of, they stopped, they didn't blitz Taron as much in that second game. Um, so that, I wonder if that's something that they'll see if they can get that pressure with the four guys. But at the end of the day, Christian can do so much damage with his leg. It's like, Maybe you don't want to, you know, have that hard rush off the edge, that speed rush where it just opens a huge lane for Christian just to step into and gain some yards. So it'll be interesting to see if they'll like possibly leave a spy on him. They were starting to do that a little bit with McGuire towards the end of the game, sure. Um, just in case he did end up running um, up for Western Illinois. We'll see if you know maybe a, a Nick DeLuca stays back at spies or a Levi Jordan, a linebacker for North Coast State, who's really emerged uh, this season. He had three fumble recoveries last week, which is almost. More, more luck than, than talent, but but just kind of a fun stat. Right. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, and, and and they're getting one of the better defensive players for them this year back after halftime. Jabril Cox, the redshirt freshman outside linebacker, uh, got an unfortunate targeting penalty called against him in the second half against Northern Iowa last week. A questionable call. I mean, they're all questionable nowadays. Right. It's really hard to find these rules, but... Um, so he's going to miss the first half, and I think that's definitely an advantage Bison when they get him back in the second half. So, so with that being said, it's going to be so much, so much more important for SDSU to jump on that scoreboard right away. And SDSU, I believe, arguably is coming off their most complete game of the season against Western Illinois. Uh, they they win fifty two twenty four. The offense is clicking right now, and I've always looked at it. And I've I've talked with um, with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader here. Uh, Pretty regularly here throughout the season, I he says that you know the offense. I mean, it's it's imperative that for SDSU to win games, that the offense 
is the one that's leading it. And I, I'm looking like, hey, I'd, I, it would be nice to see the defense come up with some stops here. So at the end of the day, in this game, in this matchup between North Dakota State and South Dakota State, what unit, you could pick any of the four units, we'll, we'll leave special teams aside, but what unit is has to have the biggest impact for you, uh, in, in your eyes, in order for the to win the game? Oh, gee, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like, you know, Missouri Valley, I, I think, you know, name me a winner of the Missouri Valley who didn't have a, a really great, solid defense. I always feel like, you know, in this league, it always comes down to defense. And you yep. saw that again Then when SDSU lost to Youngstown State earlier this season. It was a stout defense going up against this high-octane high offense. Um, so say what you will, I mean, I guess about, uh, you know, North Dakota State's defense and, and just how, you know, great they've been. I think they're in the top five for every single ranking right now um, that I've seen. But it's just like, like, like Zimmer said, I mean, it, it, the offense has to lead this team and how I, I don't like that philosophy in a football team. Maybe it's just been I've been watching NDSU for so long. It's right. like ingrained in my brain that, you know, defense has to lead these, these, uh, these successful teams. But SDSU, SDSU's offense really has to carry this team just because I'm not seeing anything out of this. This jackrabbit defense that has impressed me. I mean, yeah, you guys have—they've hung, you know, over a hundred points over the past two games. But they're also giving up fifty points over uh, during right. those two games. So, so I mean, they, they can't, you know, they can't stop a whole lot right now. Uh, but with that said, you know, I did, and, and I feel more comfortable with if I'm jackrabbit that the offense leads us here because uh, that buys his offense. Too many tricks up their sleeves. I just don't think SDSU's going to be able to stop them, and uh, you, you even. Whoever's running, playing running back for North Dakota State. So, so I think SJC's offense. I think Christian has got to play lights out, like he did uh, during that regular season game last year, when you know, arguably South Dakota State probably should have won by more. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're oh, yeah. going yep. back and looking at that, they absolutely dominated play. So that I think it's gonna, it has to be the Jackrabbit offense. But I mean, that, so I think that answers your question. Your yep. question was, you know, gonna have to lead it. Yeah, or the most important, you know, side of the football for either team. I think gonna have to be South Dakota State. Yeah, their defense has been absolutely phenomenal here. I would I would just say that I can't remember the last like trio in terms of like quarterback, wide receiver, tight end that that we've seen that be this prolific or this explosive as South Dakota State has. So it's it would be nice to see that complete game and and have them do it again against the Bison here. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't have a I don't have a feeling one way or the other. I guess I don't. Uh, I'm leaning towards not feeling great about what's going to happen Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff there at the Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium in Brookings. But at the end of the day, Joe, who is going to win? Where's that Dakota marker going? Is it staying in Brookings or is it making the trip back north up I-29? I think for the second consecutive year, the away team is going to come home with the Dakota marker. Okay. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, just, I just like the way this North Dakota State team is playing right now. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not ecstatic about Eastern Six play as of late, um, but I think you know the coaches are going to recognize that, and that's something that we've seen with this coaching staff. Uh, that you know the past coaching staff was so good at was making adjustments, and I think this coaching staff has shown that you know they they should also be mentioned uh, when you're talking about adjustments. And I think they'll they'll put Easton in some advantageous situations for him to succeed, get some completions early, uh, run the ball with Bruce, run the ball with Ty. 
Um, so I, I think this, you know, I think the Bison offense will hold, hold its own, especially going up against a weaker defense than they have over the past couple of weeks um, with South Dakota State. So I, I just like the I like the Bison. I, I got to go with the stronger defense too. Yeah, I, I just I have to go back to that. Totally so understand. I think, I think the Bison. I think the Bison by a couple scores. Uh, totally understandable. And you know, when South Dakota State lost to Youngstown State nineteen to seven and had the ball for less than fifteen minutes, I'm like oh man. That happens against North Dakota State. I mean, there's no way. There's no way they can win. So I, I'll be curious to see if North Dakota State can kind of replicate that. We'll see it how, how it all goes down. Um, like I say, I I, I feel I fear that North Dakota State's going to win. Of course, obviously you know where I'm pulling and rooting for it. And I know where you are too. But uh, it should be an interesting <laughs> uh, game on Saturday. We'll see where that Dakota marker goes. And, uh, Joe, appreciate the time as always, and, uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting soon, if not, uh, for the college, fo- or for the, uh, playoff. I'm, basketball season's right around the corner. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I, I saw North Dakota State's tipping off today, their first section. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Thanks for having me on, and, uh, yeah, I look forward to the playoff discussion. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you. Joe Curlin, Bison Illustrated. Appreciate his time, as always, here. Uh, great insight from the Bison. Uh, perspective uh, you could catch all of it in Bison Illustrated and he's absolutely right about you know the, the Bison's defense has, has just been playing lights out here this year I mean it's it's staggering they've oh, they overcome all the injuries and it, it's 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 really just remarkable I and that's why I think SDSU's defense again is the, is the biggest key uh, the weather's the, the I think the biggest factor in this game because four hobo days, it was rainy, it was a little windy, and SDSU once they fell behind, their vaunted passing attack just you can't do it in those elements or those conditions. Of course, Chase Vinatieri missed an extra point and a field goal in there, and then another field goal attempt slipped through the hands of, um, of the holder. So if you have all that, if the weather's good, SDSU stands a much better chance on Saturday, and so hopefully. Praying that that weather holds up, but it's going to be a very tough test. And I appreciate Joe's time as always. Um, we will wrap up the podcast though with a look at what's going on in the world of sports. SDSU uh, on on campus here at SDSU. It is the SDSU Sports Update coming up next here. Wrapping up this edition of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition, Dakota Marker Week. Let's wrap up this week's SDSU Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Put a bow on the show with a look at what's going on in the world of SDSU sports. On campus, it is the SDSU Sports Update for this week, Dakota Marker Week, of October 30th through November 6th. Basketball! Basketball season's back! March Madness! Right around the corner! In four months! But still, love that college basketball's back. SDSU... Uh, a doubleheader at Frost Thursday night uh, exhibition. Uh, the men took on School of uh, the uh, South Dakota School of Mines. The women uh, take on or took on Northern State. You can find all the uh, scores and everything on GoJacks.com. But yeah, the regular season coming up next week. Oh, well, we'll talk much more basketball. I am super stoked for that. Uh, it's going to be great coming up here. And, but, you know, cross-country down in Vermilion, Summit League Championships. Surprise, surprise, the South Dakota State cross-country team, uh, the, the men, 
took home their sixth championship in 11 years since becoming a member of Summit League. Uh, uh, the, the Summit League. They took home first place, won the championship. Uh, lowest score in the championship race, 31 points. It was just great. Uh, they they were absolutely outstanding. Uh, sophomore Chase Kayo and junior Kyle Burdick led the whole um, race. Rod DeHaven, the head coach, claimed sixth uh, sixth Summit League men's coach. It was just outstanding, uh, tremendous as well. And you know, as for the, it, just what the men have done is absolutely incredible. Uh, they they are truly one of the better. You know, we talk about, I don't want to say this is a dynasty, but, I mean, they should, I mean, they get, they should get some major props for what they continue to do year in, year out. Rod DeHaven has put together an absolutely marvelous uh, team. So, it it's great stuff what the cross-country team is doing. The SDSU women finished third. They had six runners in the top 25, junior Rachel King led the Jackrabbits winning the race. Time of 20 minutes, 53.54 seconds. Um, so that was great. Uh, Anna Denae placed 13th. Emily Brzezanski, 14th. So a strong performance there uh, by each squad. Uh, Jackrabbit cross-country teams are now going to be in the NCAA Midwest Regionals in Ames, Iowa. That's November 10th. The men's team is ranked 11th. In the Midwest Regional Poll, the women's team has been ranked 15th twice so far this year. So, big stuff there. Congratulations again to the cross-country teams. Well-deserved, and like I say, they just they keep on running. And they keep on winning, and that's the best part. Men's and women swimming and diving, USD Tri-Duels in Sioux Falls this weekend. Friday and Saturday. Friday's beginning at 6 p.m. Saturday is at 10 a.m. And they're off for a couple weeks at least. That's what the the men are. Let's make sure that the women are as well because they they do have a little bit more on their schedule. Uh, Took on Northern Iowa. Uh, Actually, their uh, meet against Northern Iowa was postponed. It was supposed to be last Saturday at at 1 p.m., but they have the tri-duels, and then they'll be off for a couple weeks before going down to Columbia, Missouri for the Mizzou invite. Starts Thursday, November 16th. The Warren Williamson Dactronics Open this Sunday, November 5th, 9 a.m. at Frost Arena for wrestling. Uh, go out there, support the team. This is going to be a very... Um, the wrestling team is solid. We talk about how great the cross-country team is. Wrestling, definitely right behind them. They are very, very good. Uh, equestrian, taking on Minnesota Crookston next Friday, November 10th, 9 a.m. That's at the Dahan Equestrian Center in Brookings. So if you're available, go on and check them out. Volleyball. Unfortunately, continues to lose. 2-22 now in the year. They were swept uh, by Denver in Denver Friday night, last Friday night, losing 3-0, and then swept by Oral Roberts, losing 3-0. They're in Tulsa on Sunday, 2-22 on the year. Ouch. Uh, 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven match losing streak. Hopefully they snap that this week against Western Illinois. Saturday at six p.m. there at Frost Arena. Then Tuesday USD comes to town. Can they beat the Yotes? Seven p.m. It's when that match begins at Frost Arena. So good luck to the team there. And unfortunately, some sad news. Uh, soccer, top seed in the Summit League tournament. They were just on an absolute tear to finish the year. What is it? Let's see. We're having some trouble counting here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine game win streak, 11 game unbeaten streak, 11 match unbeaten streak. And they lose to the four seed, North Dakota State. It was in Fargo, so it's, you know, Kind of a home field advantage for the Bison. The Bison take down the Jackrabbits two to nothing, uh, which is unfortunate because that you know SDSU outshot NDSU seventeen to five. But unfortunately, just wasn't meant to be. So shame. A good season though for the women. We'll see how they can do next year. Um, that's certainly tough. Tough way to go out, uh, but that is your SDSU Sports Update. For more on all these stories, statistics, schedules, so much more, go to GoJacks.com. A lot of good, hardworking people at the Sports Information Department keeping you up to date on the latest regarding Jackrabbit Athletics. Huge week, Dakota Marker Week. Can we ring the bell for South Dakota and keep that Dakota Marker in Brookings? My gut and I hope I'm wrong with this. It's it's saying no. I'm going to be cheering like crazy for him. You know I am. You know I don't want the, the, the Bison to win. But I, I just, I worry that, you know, maybe a couple turnovers will hurt. And by the way, I think I, I think I said with Joe that, you know, the, the Bison are 7-0 and SDSU is 5-2. and It's 8-0 and 6-2. and So just clear that up right now. That, that was my fault. I, for whatever reason, just didn't give him credit for a win in there. But that's beside the point. This this can be tough. Really is. I, I I want them to win so bad. But I need to you know I need to see that defense I think we'll be able to kind of tell early on in the game how well that defense plays against the Bison offense. You know, if they can force a couple of punts early on think SDSU has a chance. Can that offense make the Bison work? And, and can they capitalize? You know, And special teams going to play a huge factor too. Could Chase Vinatieri convert on his field goals and extra points? That's huge. It doesn't sound like the weather's going to be too much of a factor. Not be too terribly windy. But man, keep that Dakota marker there. The offense is going to have to play lights out. The defense just has to do enough to make sure that all the points the offense scores counts. Um... But against that Bison defense, stellar defense, and until they can prove that they can stop the ground game and Easton Stick's not going to destroy them with his legs or maybe make a couple of big passes game, I don't know. I, I, I just fear the, the Dakota marker will be traveling up north I-29, or up, up on I-29 north back to Fargo. Prove me wrong, Jack Rabbits. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. We're going to cheer hard. 2 p.m. kickoff there. Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium. Enjoy it. Uh, next week, then, a big uh, game. Senior day against Illinois State. Then USD. Basketball is coming up. So a lot going on here. 
But go big, go blue, go jacks. I fumbled that again, so let's do it again. Go big, go blue, go jacks. Keep that Dakota marker in Brookings. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, Sports Block Podcast, SEC Jackrabbit Edition. Again, thank you to Matt Zimmer and Joe Curlin for joining us. Come on, Jacks. Keep that Dakota marker. Beat NDSU. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. Talk to you next week. Sports Block Podcast, SEC Jackrabbit Edition.